Hello, everybody, and welcome to an American Citizen special. Gray is sitting this one out, so I am Josh Webb, and I am pleased to be joined by not just a longtime listener, actually, I think from the very beginning, but a participant, an avid fan, Mr. John Siegley. Man, how you doing, brother? It is a joy to talk to you again. We've had you on before. Uh, I don't know if I've been on before, but um, it's great to talk with you and to be on the pod, man. I really appreciate it. Maybe I thought you were on before, and and, and it's just because we've answered so many questions. Not that that's a bother. That's what we. That's what we're here for. You're just so interactive. But now I you say, are on the pod. You can say it. I You're know. on the pod. This, this is the next level right here. This is this is going next level. So. Uh, we've got a shortage of time here, about 15 to 20 minutes. So the first thing I want to dive into is you were at the Tottenham game. Uh, yeah. Just give me your overall thoughts. We'll start there. So overall, it was an amazing experience. I mean, you read about how City just go all out for their fans, especially on, on these tours, and they just went above and beyond. So – I went to the official fan gathering, which was at the George Jones Restaurant, Museum, and Bar, and it was from the get-go. It was just so professionally well done. They had partnered with the official Manchester City Supporters Club in Nashville. Uh, The guy who runs that is JK, awesome dude. Uh, They did a panel that actually Dickoff was there, which seeing him in the flesh was incredible. Um, they did giveaways. They had city highlights going nonstop. It was a production that was just so enjoyable for everybody there. Now, as for the game, you mentioned that city fans go all out. And it's important to, to note that, you know, they say city has no, you know, they're a new club. They have no supporters. The fans don't fill it out. Well, you just heard on the podcast here that even Americans will go all out for this club and, and set up amazing events for fans and get them involved. So I think we can lay to rest that this is a plastic fan base. Um, oh, but yeah. I, but I do want to talk about the game because, all right, let's, let's, let's just be frank about the United game. That was kind of a crappy performance in some senses, but I want to say this. I don't think Pep sent out the best squad he could on purpose. I do not think he wanted to give Mourinho anything. I think that when, when it comes to the Spurs, when it comes to Real Madrid, it's a different story. When you're talking about your arch rival, you're playing a different game. You're playing head games. You're playing, you, you know, you're, you're setting this thing up for, for the season. So I don't really care about the United game because I don't necessarily think that's what City are going to be. Real Madrid was immensely impressive. However, even though it was a lower scoring game, I feel like Tottenham was the most complete performance. From where you were sitting, did it feel like that? It did. And I think uh, going all the way back to the United game, my takeaway was 
you know, it was our first game. I think there was just a lot of rust still that Pep was having to deal with. Mm -hmm. Real, you kind of saw more of that come to light. But even then, there were a couple of chances that Real, to be frank, just squandered. Mm -hmm. But from the Tottenham Tottenham game, (laughs) yeah, well, you know, when when Kane just airballed one, that was enjoyable to watch. But I will say this is the intensity level. um, We were sitting in the fan section directly behind goal. And being at that level, there was a physicality to this game that felt like this maybe wasn't a preseason. This, I mean, company especially was So it wasn't just me alley. at home. It wasn't just me at home. Like, live and in yeah. person, it felt like they were taking this every bit as seriously as they would a real game. Oh, yeah. I mean, and people, just the fans in this section, I mean, you could just feel that there was an intensity that the players, everyone just felt. Um, the defense especially, seeing Stones, company, and Otamendi just completely almost take it personally to shut down that Tottenham attack that gave us so much trouble last season. Um, it, it, there was fire in the eyes from the get-go. Yeah, I'm, I, I really like the way that you phrased that, you know, they took it personally because it felt like that, like company wasn't playing around. And the, cra- the crazy part to me about all of this is that if you look at the preseason tour, you know who was banging them in? The defenders. The defenders yeah. <laughs> were banging them in, like. Like, this is, you know, not only was City's defense leaky last year, but it didn't provide anything out of set pieces. I hate this phrase in journalism, but I'm going to use it anyways. Talk to me about set pieces in the ICC. Tell me that they are as impressive as I thought they were. Oh, yeah. The 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 pinpoint, I mean, having – Walker deliver that cross. I mean, the, the the first cross that Stone scored off of, it was – For a guy who can't be, cross. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was just pinpoint. And all throughout, you could you could almost feel that every time City had a set piece, it, there was just the threat. Um, and I, I think a lot of it just had to do with confidence and just sheer willpower to get into position and then make something happen. Yeah, I thought Stones' goal especially was indicative of that because it took a deflection and Stones went out of his way to get it, you know, his head on that ball. Like, I think he connected with the ball right before his face smacked against the dirt. But he didn't (laughs) – or the grass, rather. But he didn't give a damn, and nor should he. The object of the game is to score. And the thing – that I, and I want to ask you about this. You look at how Stones got involved in, in, in a couple of games uh, on the offensive side of the ball. The one thing we talked about last year was Stones' confidence after he, uh, you know, gave away a couple of bad balls that resulted in goals against Manchester City. There was a bit of dropping confidence. It feels to me like these goals, these performances, just getting on the score sheet and contributing to the team, this is something that is going to elevate his confidence going into 2017, giving Pep a less fragile defender. 
Yeah, and and I think and he actually I don't know if they showed it on TV, but Stones was named Man of the Match uh, yes. for the Tottenham game, um, yes. and it was very well deserved. And I think if Pep is going to play the back three, you know, having confident, coherent defenders back there is it's an absolute necessity. And if, but if they're going to play at the level that they did against Tottenham, that that's a premiership winning back three right there if they play at that level um and uh, one thing i forgot to mention earlier is too you know the additions of even uh danilo uh i'm sure i'm butchering his name but uh, we're, all, we're all going to it's okay <laughs> um you know the addition of he walker just adds that extra dimension he i don't think anyone you know is is going to label the neo a cross specialist certainly not like mindy when he joins the team but he he curled in one shot that uh just it almost literally got oh yeah um you know to have that level of attacking is just something that you know i have it i'm sure he's had it at barcelona but certainly at city we, we've just never seen this before um and I did want to say this, as far as the intensity goes, just to rewind briefly, if anyone ever said, especially Tottenham fans, you know, oh, this was just a preseason, they booed Walker every single time he touched the ball, and he relished it. It was so fantastic to see that type of performance and to hear the boos come down. We got about the uh... – about five to, to, to nine minutes left here, so I want to spend some time and talk about exactly that. Mendy, we know per Guardiola, isn't going to be ready by the by the start of the season because they want to take extra precautions with him because this has been a lingering in, injury. They don't want to thrust him into action too soon, aggravate it, and then have him be out for uh, an extended period of time. Uh, Mendy, yeah. e- even if you look at the performance he had last year with Monaco, that was a guy that was injured quite a bit, which is kind of scary if you think about it. He put up those numbers despite missing uh, an absurd amount of action. Um, yep. That that being said, uh, we don't know much about uh, how Mendy will fit in yet, and we won't until probably about September, but Oh, what a difference two actual fullbacks make. When you saw Walker and Danilo bombing up and down the sideline, did it give you some sort of, I, I, like a bromance <laughs> with the yeah, concept? It was, oh, yes. I mean, you could see with them, with having true backs that can play both the, the, the left back, right back, and then play the wing back role. The 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 pressure on Tottenham. I mean, City owned the midfield that entire game. Uh, there was an unfortunate Tottenham fan who was sitting behind me actually. And at one point in the second half, he I, he audibly said, "I wonder if Tottenham have even touched the ball this half so far." It just the level of dominance that they provide. And and I think from my vantage point. The through ball that that set up Sterling's goal, you could just see that that was set up, you know, by the entire afternoon's play of City just carving them up a 
performance was just awesome to witness. It seriously was. And I figure we'll we'll wrap up with two last questions here. And I want to talk about staying on the defensive side of the ball because I feel like this is the most important thing. Everybody knew City had an attack last year. And if Gabriel Jesus hadn't fractured the metatarsal, if, you know, we could always play the game of what if. But mm-hmm. let's talk about the goal that almost was. Ederson's holy leg. <laughs> I knew that's I, where you were going with that. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if an, a divine entity blessed his leg, uh, if, if somehow uh, uh, he is a mutant and we just don't know about it. It's possible. I am a huge comic book fan. He could be an X-Men. We just don't know. Um, yep. Okay, first, let's talk about the goal that wasn't, and then I want to talk about Ederson's ability to do that. Tell me, okay. you say you're down there on goal side. Walk me through what you, what was going so, through your head. So on the goal kick, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in the um, the rules are that there's no offsides on a correct. goal kick, correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. So from that level, you know, we had heard that this was a weapon that would be in City's arsenal for this coming up season. And on that goal kick, I could see that Sergio was lined up way over the halfway line, and there was only one center back. And I don't know where the other center back was at, but as soon as I saw that, I thought to myself, I wonder if he's going to try to go long. And, you know, shades of a 80-yard bomb to Randy Moss for all the, you know, <laughs> American football fans. I mean, the, the – From Brady or Cole Pepper? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Let's go with Culpepper. Let's go. Let's go. Let's classic. go old school. Let's, I appreciate yeah. it. Um, just you could see. I think almost the entire city supporter side because we were we were looking towards the Tottenham goal when that happened, and so to see that lineup, I think everyone kind of had that moment of collective thought. Huh? Is this going to be? We're going to see a glimpse of what Pep has in store. And then, sure enough, just the 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 goal kick itself to stay in the air for that long, and just the trajectory to land right at Sergio, incredible. Yeah, I I had no words for that. Like, I you know what? I think Aguero probably doesn't. I mean, I'm sure he regrets missing goals, but. I think Aguero truly regrets missing that, if and only because that would have been a sports that that probably would have been number one. Oh yeah, I think that probably would have been number one on the day, Sports Center top ten. Probably, I mean the the post was the best defender for Tottenham all game, all game long. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the yeah, truth. It was. Oh my gosh! Um, but yeah, the, the 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 ability of Ederson to pull that off was just fantastic. And not to mention that you know he was called into action a couple of times uh, himself. I think early in the game, maybe around the sixth or seventh minute, Tottenham was attacking, and they put in 
it was a low cross kind of a pass from Ederson's left, and it rolled all the way into the box across goal. And I don't, I don't know if he realized that there was a threat, but at the last second he did the slide tackle and just wiped it out immediately. And he, that, that showed great awareness. And then he had the free set, um, the, the free kick saved off the set piece. Mm-hmm. It was a tremendous. There were, there were a couple around. instances, too, where he closed down the attackers. I, I believe it was he and Otamendi. And Otamendi, he knew that Otamendi had one angle covered, so Ederson just came out and just destroyed the other angle by taking it away with his legs. And it was just impressive to watch a goalkeeper who was able to close down space quickly, accurately. And you look at the United game where he had the same style of Claudio Bravo, like, oops, I shouldn't have done that moment that led to a rather incredible goal, if and only because of the angle, you know, it was, it was, mm-hmm. it was very reminiscent of Zlatan yeah. and Bravo last year. And fans are like, oh, God, here we go again. Uh, but that's not to be. Ederson, we talk about in, in, in American football having a short-term memory. You know, you throw an interception, you have to have a short-term memory and forget it. Ederson has, clearly has the memory of a stoner because oh, yeah. performances, and I'm not, I don't say that derogatively. I, 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 I say no, that I as a joke. Yeah, well, I want to clarify it for the listeners. This man just was able to put that behind him and throw in. Yeah, I mean, he had – I know the final score with Madrid was, was 4-1, but that was Grinshaw. It wasn't, it wasn't Ederson. Yeah. Ederson pitched shutouts against Real Madrid and Tottenham, and he did so making impressive saves and timely decisions. So – the last yep. question, last two questions I want to ask you real briefly, because the second one's really kind of an easy one. But the last one is uh, second to last is what were your overall impressions of ICC? How do you feel? So the ICC, it's great that City and these teams come to the states. It's to see that level of football can only be positive for the sport as a whole. The MLS is still growing, but it's not there yet. And the MLS, they know it. I, mean, I don't think that's being derogatory towards Major League Soccer. They know that they're still a growing sport. But to to grow the soccer brand in the United States, there does, I believe, we need to see these top-tier teams play. And so tournaments like the ICC are very beneficial. And they put on a great product. There were um, – the stadium itself had all of the entrances were open. The concession stands were open, just like if it was an NFL game. There were abundant security guards for anyone that might have, you know, felt unsafe for whatever reason in the crowd. The city itself was very accommodating. Uh, there were markers and banners all over the place. To me, it was just a top to bottom, well-produced, well-thought-out, and well-executed game plan. And the last question I have for you before I let you and the wife get off to dinner is, and I think you know this is coming, given the performances you saw at the ICC, what are your thoughts headed into the season? 
I think that city have to be considered the front runner for the EPL right now. Just as things stand, you would I would be hard pressed to think of another team that they would put better odds on winning than City. It's a preseason, yes, but looking at what Pep has and knowing that as well as the defense looks, you know, Ederson, Danio, and Walker have been with the team such a short amount of time. They're only going to get better. And also keep in mind that this was David Silva's first game back. Uh, we still have Bernardo Silva, Silva, who has not made it to the team yet. You still have Mindy, who, as you said, is going to be brought along slowly. And then there's always a persistent, what if we land Sanchez? And don't forget about Gundogan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think we're the front runners for the Premier League. I, For right now, I don't think of another team that you can look and say that they have the defense, the attack, and then finally this year the depth to be able to go the entire length and play Premiership, League Cup, and EPL, and um, FA Cup, everything else. You know, Chelsea, I know that a lot of people are high on them. They didn't have those extra competitions last year. That's just a fact. Um, United? If they land Vale... I, that will change my opinion. I think that that would put City and United at a coin flip. I do think Bale on United would, would drastically change the dynamic. Well, he would, yeah. That that changes the, the equation because Bale would be just – Mourinho would love to just do nothing but kick long balls to Bale from his parked bus defense all game long and pray something happens. Yep. Well, we will we will see. But the point is, you can see by you know the the, the tone in our voice, the timber. We are excited. We are thirsty. Oh yeah. We are hungry, oh, yeah. and we want to eat. <laughs> uh, and speaking yep. of eating, I'm going to let you go. But before I do, please tell anyone who. Since you are a first-time guest on the podcast, you'd think I would have known that, but I didn't. Uh, tell the people where they can find you on Twitter and anything that you may do if you contribute to anywhere or are a part of a local branch and you would like people uh, to tell people about it. Yeah, so um, I'm on Twitter at J.D. Siegley. Last name is very, very strange. Um The first three letters are S-E-I, pretty much from there. You will probably be able to find me. I would just encourage everyone to, yes, find a local branch. Um, I live in North Carolina. That's on my profile. I don't hide that. And we're trying to to start a branch in Charlotte. Uh, Seeing the branches just off the top of my head um, at the official gathering, there were guys there from um, Texas, L.A., Louisiana, Atlanta, having that camaraderie is huge. So if anyone in North Carolina is listening to this and you're looking for a place to watch it with City fans, you can add me. We'll go from there. But if you're anywhere in the state, please find a local sports bar, find the pub, watch it with friends, 
City fans are everywhere. As you said earlier, Josh, we're not a plastic club. That's something that the that the haters, to be frank, in the EPL can throw at us. It's no longer accurate. It's a family. We won't think it ever was. Together, guys. Oh yeah. Exactly. And if you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Fight on Twist. Uh, you can find me because there's a blue check next to my name, the perks of being verified. Uh, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at America Citizens. Citizens is spelled with a Y, uh, and it's America because Twitter and their stupid character limit. Um, yes. So, uh, we really appreciate John taking time out of his day, his dinner, to talk about his experience at the ICC. Uh, you can catch Gray and I normally back at it on a weekly basis. So, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. And we will be back next time right here on American Cities and Podcast, sponsored by Blog Talk Radio.